Section 20 of Incidents of Travel in Central America, Chiapas and Yucatan, Volume 2, by John Lloyd Steffens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. We had reached the end of our long and toilsome journey, and the first glance indemnified us for our toil. For the first time, we were in a building erected by the aboriginal inhabitants standing before the europeans knew of the existence of this continent and we prepared to take up our abode under its roof we selected the front corridor as our dwelling turned turkey and fowls loose in the courtyard which was so overgrown with trees that we could barely see across it and as there was no pasture for the mules except the leaves of the trees and we could not turn them loose into the woods we brought them up the steps through the palace and turned them into the courtyard also at one end of the corridor juan built a kitchen which operation consisted in laying three stones angle-wise so as to have room for a fire between them our luggage was stowed away or hung on poles reaching across the corridor pauline mounted a stone about four feet long on stone legs for a table and with the indians cut a number of poles which they fastened together with bark strings and laid them on stones at the head and foot for beds we cut down the branches that entered the palace and some of the trees on the terrace and from the floor of the palace overlooked the top of an immense forest stretching off to the gulf of mexico the indians had superstitious fears about remaining at night among the ruins and left us alone the sole tenants of the palace of unknown kings little did they who built it think that in a few years their royal line would perish and their race be extinct their city a ruin and mr catherwood pauline and i and juan its sole tenants other strangers had been there wandering like ourselves their names were written on the walls with comments and figures and even here were marks of those low grovelling spirits which delight in profaning holy places among the names but not of the latter class were those of acquaintances captain caddy and mr walker and one was that of a countryman noah o platt new york he had gone out to tabasco as supercargo of a vessel ascended one of the rivers for logwood and while his vessel was loading visited the ruins his account of them had given me a strong desire to visit them long before the opportunity of doing so presented itself high up on one side of the corridor was the name of william beenham and under it was a stanza written in lead pencil by means of a tree with notches cut in it i climbed up and read the lines the rhyme was faulty and the spelling bad but they breathed a deep sense of the moral sublimity pervading these unknown ruins the author seemed too an acquaintance i had heard his story in the village he was a young irishman sent by a merchant of tabasco into the interior for purposes of small traffic had passed some time at palenque and in the neighborhood 
and with his thoughts and feelings turned strongly toward the indians after dwelling upon the subject for some time resolved to penetrate into the country of the caribs his friends endeavored to dissuade him and the prefect told him you have red hair a florid complexion and white skin and they will either make a god of you and keep you among them or else kill and eat you but he set off alone and on foot crossed the river chacamal and after an absence of nearly a year returned safe but naked and emaciated with his hair and nails long having been eight days with a single carob on the banks of a wild river searching for a crossing place and living upon roots and herbs he built a hut on the borders of the chacamal river and lived there with a carob servant preparing for another and more protracted journey among them until at length some boatmen who came to trade with him found him lying in his hammock dead with his skull split open he had escaped the dangers of a journey which no man in that country dared encounter to die by the hands of an assassin in a moment of fancied security his arm was hanging outside and a book lying on the ground probably he was struck while reading the murderers one of whom was his servant were caught and were then in prison in tobasco unfortunately the people of palenque had taken but little interest in anything except the extraordinary fact of his visit among the caribs and his return safe all his papers and collection of curiosities were scattered and destroyed and with him died all the fruits of his labors but were he still living he would be the man of all others to accomplish the discovery of that mysterious city which had so affected our imaginations as the ruins of palenque are the first which awakened attention to the existence of ancient and unknown cities in america and as on that account they are perhaps more interesting to the public it may not be amiss to state the circumstances of their first discovery the account is that in the year seventeen fifty a party of spaniards traveling in the interior of mexico penetrated to the lands north of the district of carmen in the province of chiapas when all at once they found in the midst of a vast solitude ancient stone buildings the remains of a city still embracing from eighteen to twenty-four miles in extent known to the indians by the name of casas de piedras from my knowledge of the country i am at a loss to conjecture why a party of spaniards were travelling in that forest or how they could have done so i am inclined to believe rather that the existence of the ruins was discovered by the indians who had clearings in different parts of the forest for their cornfields or perhaps was known to them from time immemorial and on their report the inhabitants were induced to visit them the existence of such a city was entirely unknown there is no mention of it in any book and no tradition that it had ever been to this day it is not known by what name it was called 
and the only appellation given to it is that of palenque after the village near which the ruins stand the news of the discovery passed from mouth to mouth was repeated in some cities of the province and reached the seat of government but little attention was paid to it and the members of the government through ignorance apathy or the actual impossibility of occupying themselves with anything except public affairs took no measure to explore the ruins and it was not till seventeen eighty six thirty years subsequent to the discovery that the king of spain ordered an exploration on the third of may seventeen eighty seven captain antonio del rio arrived in the village under a commission from the government of guatemala and on the fifth he proceeded to the site of the ruined city in his official report he says on making his first essay owing to the thickness of the woods and a fog so dense that it was impossible for the men to distinguish each other at five paces distance the principal building was completely concealed from their view he returned to the village and after concerting measures with the deputy of the district an order was issued to the inhabitants of tumbala requiring two hundred indians with axes and bill-hooks on the seventeenth seventy-nine arrived furnished with twenty-eight axes after which twenty more were obtained in the village and with these he again moved forward and immediately commenced felling trees which was followed by a general conflagration the report of captain del rio with the commentary of dr powell felix cabrera of new guatemala deducing an egyptian origin for the people through either the supineness or the jealousy of the spanish government was locked up in the archives of guatemala until the time of the revolution when by the operation of liberal principles the original manuscripts came into the hands of an english gentleman long resident in that country and an english translation was published at london in eighteen twenty two this was the first notice in europe of the discovery of these ruins and instead of electrifying the public mind either from want of interest in the subject distrust or some other cause so little notice was taken of it that in eighteen thirty one the literary gazette a paper of great circulation in london announced it as a new discovery made by colonel galindo whose unfortunate fate has been before referred to if a like discovery had been made in italy greece egypt or asia within the reach of european travel it would have created an interest not inferior to the discovery of herculaneum or pompeii or the ruins of paestum while the report and drawings of del rio slept in the archives of guatemala charles the fourth of spain ordered another expedition at the head of which was placed captain dupay with a secretary and draughtsman and a detachment of dragoons his expeditions were made in eighteen o five eighteen o six and eighteen o seven the last of which was to palenque the manuscripts of dupay and the designs of his draughtsman castaneda 
were about to be sent to madrid which was then occupied by the french army when the revolution broke out in mexico they then became an object of secondary importance and remained during the wars of independence under the control of castaneda who deposited them in the cabinet of natural history in mexico in eighteen twenty eight Monsieur Baradere disentombed them from the cartons of the museum, where, but for this accident, they might still have remained, and the knowledge of the existence of this city again been lost. The Mexican Congress had passed a law forbidding any stranger not formally authorized to make researches or to remove objects of art from the country. But in spite of this interdict, monsieur baradere obtained authority to make researches in the interior of the republic with the agreement that after sending to mexico all that he collected half should be delivered to him with permission to transport them to europe afterward he obtained by exchange the original designs of castaneda and an authentic copy of the itinerary and descriptions of captain dupay was promised in three months from diverse circumstances that copy did not reach monsieur baradere till long after his return to europe and the work of dupay was not published until eighteen thirty four thirty five twenty eight years after his expedition when it was brought out in paris in four volumes folio at the price of eight hundred francs with notes and commentaries by monsieur alexander lenore monsieur warden monsieur charles farcy monsieur baradere and monsieur saint priest lord kingsborough's ponderous tomes so far as regards palenque are a mere reprint of dupay and the cost of his work is four hundred dollars per copy Colonel Galindo's communications to the Geographical Society of Paris are published in the work of Dupay, and since him, Mr. Waldeck, with funds provided by an association in Mexico, had passed two years among the ruins. His drawings, as he states in a work on another place, were taken away by the Mexican government, but he had retained copies and before we set out his work on palenque was announced in paris it however has never appeared and in the meantime dupay's is the textbook i have two objections to make to this work not affecting captain dupay who as his expedition took place thirty-four years since is not likely to be affected if he is even living but his paris editors the first is the very deprecating tone in which mention is made of the work of his predecessor del rio and secondly this paragraph in the introduction quote, it must be considered that a government only can execute such undertakings a traveller relying upon his own resources cannot hope whatever may be his intrepidity to penetrate and above all to live in those dangerous solitudes and supposing that he succeeds it is beyond the power of the most learned and skilful man to explore alone the ruins of a vast city 
of which he must not only measure and draw the edifices still existing but also determine the circumference and examine the remains dig the soil and explore the subterraneous constructions m baradere arrived within fifty leagues of palenque burning with the desire of going there but what could a single man do with domestics or other auxiliaries without moral force or intelligence against a people still half savage against serpents and other hurtful animals which according to dupay infest these ruins and also against the vegetative force of a nature fertile and powerful which in a few years recovers all the monuments and obstructs all the avenues the effect of this is to crush all individual enterprise and moreover it is untrue all the accounts founded upon this represent a visit to these ruins as attended with immense difficulty and danger to such an extent that we feared to encounter them but there is no difficulty whatever in going from europe or the united states to palenque our greatest hardships even in our long journey through the interior were from the revolutionary state of the countries and want of time and as to a residence there with time to construct a hut or to fit up an apartment in the palace and to procure stores from the seaboard those quotes, dangerous solitudes might be anything rather than unpleasant and to show what individuals can accomplish i state that mr catherwood's drawings include all the objects represented in the work of dupay and others besides which do not appear in that work at all and have never before been presented to the public among which are the frontispiece of this volume and the large tablets of hieroglyphics the most curious and interesting pieces of sculpture at palenque i add with the full knowledge that i will be contradicted by future travellers if i am wrong that the whole of mr c s are more correct in proportions outline and filling up than his and furnish more true material for speculation and study i would not have said thus much but from a wish to give confidence to the reader who may be disposed to investigate and study these interesting remains as to most of the places visited by us he will find no materials whatever except those furnished in these pages in regard to palenque he will find a splendid work the materials of which were procured under the sanction of a commission from government and brought out with explanations and commentaries by the learned men of paris by the side of which my two octavos shrink into insignificance but i uphold the drawings against these costly folios and against every other book that has ever been published on the subject of these ruins my object has been not to produce an illustrated work but to present the drawings in such an inexpensive form as to place them within reach of the great mass of our reading community but to return to ourselves in the palace 
while we were making our observations juan was engaged in a business that his soul loved as with all the mozos of that country it was his pride and ambition to servir a mano he scorned the manly occupation of muleteer and aspired to that of a menial servant he was anxious to be left at the village and did not like the idea of stopping at the ruins but was reconciled to it by being allowed to devote himself exclusively to cookery at four o'clock we sat down to our first dinner the tablecloth was two broad leaves each about two feet long plucked from a tree on the terrace before the door our salt cellar stood like a pyramid being a case made of husks of corn put together lengthwise and holding four or five pounds in lumps from the size of a pea to that of a hen's egg juan was as happy as if he had prepared the dinner exclusively for his own eating and all went merry as a marriage bell when the sky became overcast and a sharp thunderclap heralded the afternoon storm from the elevation of the terrace the floor of the palace commanded a view of the top of the forest and we could see the trees bent down by the force of the wind very soon a fierce blast swept through the open doors which was followed instantaneously by heavy rain the table was cleared by the wind and before we could make our escape was drenched by the rain we snatched away our plates and finished our meal as we could the rain continued with heavy thunder and lightning all the afternoon in the absolute necessity of taking up our abode among the ruins we had hardly thought of our exposure to the elements until it was forced upon us at night we could not light a candle but the darkness of the palace was lighted up by fireflies of extraordinary size and brilliancy shooting through the corridors and stationary on the walls forming a beautiful and striking spectacle they were of the description with those we saw at nopa known by the name of shining beetles and are mentioned by the early spaniards among the wonders of a world where all was new as quotes, showing the way to those who travel at night the historian describes them as quotes, somewhat smaller than sparrows having two stars close by their eyes and two more under their wings which gave so great a light that by it they could spin weave write and paint and the spaniards went by night to hunt the utios or little rabbits of that country and of fishing carrying these animals tied to their great toes or thumbs and they called them locuyos being also of use to save them from the gnats which are there very troublesome they took them in the night with firebrands because they made to the light and came when called by their name and they are so unwieldy that when they fall they cannot rise again and the men stroking their faces and hands with a sort of moisture that is in those stars seemed to be a fire as long as it lasted it always gave us high pleasure to realize the romantic and seemingly half fabulous accounts of the chroniclers of the conquest very often we found their quaint descriptions so vivid and faithful 
as to infuse the spirit that breathed through their pages we caught several of these beetles not however by calling them by their names but with a hat as schoolboys used to catch fireflies or less poetically lightning bugs at home they are more than half an inch long and have a sharp movable horn on the head when laid on the back they cannot turn over except by pressing this horn against a membrane upon the front behind the eyes are two round transparent substances full of luminous matter about as large as the head of a pin and underneath is a larger membrane containing the same luminous substance four of them together threw a brilliant light for several yards around and by the light of a single one we read distinctly the finely printed pages of an american newspaper it was one of a packet full of debates in congress which i had yet barely glanced over and it seemed stranger than any incident of my journey to be reading by the light of beetles in the ruined palace of palenque the sayings and doings of great men at home in the midst of it mr catherwood in emptying the capacious pocket of a shooting jacket handed me a broadway omnibus ticket good to the bearer for a ride a brower these things brought up vivid recollections of home and among the familiar images present were the good beds into which our friends were about that time turning ours were set up in the back corridor fronting the courtyard this corridor consisted of open doors and pilasters alternately the wind and rain were sweeping through and unfortunately our beds were not out of reach of the spray they had been set up with some labor on four piles of stones each and we could not then change their position we had no spare articles to put up as screens but happily two umbrellas tied up with measuring rods and wrapped in a piece of matting had survived the wreck of the mountain roads these mr c and i secured at the head of our beds pauling swung a hammock across the corridor so high that the sweep of the rain only touched the foot and so passed our first night at palenque in the morning umbrellas bedclothes wearing apparel and hammocks were wet through and there was not a dry place to stand on already we considered ourselves booked for a rheumatism we had looked to our residence at palenque as the end of troubles and for comfort and pleasure but all we could do was to change the location of our beds to places which promised a better shelter for the next night a good breakfast would have done much to restore our equanimity but unhappily we found that the tortillas which we had brought out the day before probably made of half mouldy corn by the excessive dampness were matted together sour and spoiled we went through our beans eggs and chocolate without any substitute for bread and as often before in time of trouble composed ourselves with a cigar blessed be the man who invented smoking the soother and composer of a troubled spirit 
a layer of angry passions a comfort under the loss of breakfast and to the roamer in desolate places the solitary wayfarer through life serving for wife children and friends at about ten o'clock the indians arrived with fresh tortillas and milk our guide too having finished cutting up and distributing the hog was among them he was the same who had been employed by mr waldeck and also by mr walker and captain caddy and was recommended by the prefect as the only man acquainted with the ruins under his escort we set out for a preliminary survey of ourselves leaving the palace in any direction we should not have known which way to direct our steps in regard to the extent of these ruins even in this practical age the imagination of man delights in wonders the indians and the people of palenque say that they cover a space of sixty miles in a series of well-written articles in our own country they have been set down as ten times larger than new york and lately i have seen an article in some of the newspapers referring to our expedition which represents this city quotes discovered by us as having been three times as large as london it is not in my nature to discredit any marvellous story i am slow to disbelieve and would rather sustain all such inventions but it has been my unhappy lot to find marvels fade away as i approach them even the dead sea lost its mysterious charm and besides as a traveller and writer of a book i know that if i go wrong those who come after me will not fail to set me right under these considerations not from any wish of my own and with many thanks to my friends of the press i am obliged to say that the indians and people of palenque really know nothing of the ruins personally and the other accounts do not rest upon any sufficient foundation the whole country for miles around is covered by a dense forest of gigantic trees with a growth of brush and underwood unknown in the wooded deserts of our own country and impenetrable in any direction except by cutting away with a machete what lies buried in that forest it is impossible to say of my own knowledge without a guide we might have gone within a hundred feet of all the buildings without discovering one of them captain del rio the first explorer with men and means at command states in his report that in the execution of his commission he cut down and burned all the woods he does not say how far but judging from the breaches and excavations made in the interior of the buildings probably for miles around captain dupay acting under a royal commission and with all the resources such a commission would give did not discover any more buildings than those mentioned by del rio and we saw only the same but having the benefit of them as guides at least of del rio for at that time we had not seen dupay's work we of course saw things which escaped their observation just as those who come after us will see what escaped ours 
this place however was the principal object of our expedition and it was our wish and intention to make a thorough exploration respect for my official character the special tenor of my passport and letters from mexican authorities gave me every facility the prefect assumed that i was sent by my government expressly to explore the ruins and every person in palenque except our friend the alcalde and even he as much as the perversity of his disposition would permit was disposed to assist us but there were accidental difficulties which were insuperable first it was the rainy season this under any circumstances would have made it difficult but as the rains did not commence till three or four o'clock and the weather was clear always in the morning it alone would not have been sufficient to prevent our attempting it but there were other difficulties which embarrassed us from the beginning and continued during our whole residence among the ruins there was not an axe or spade in the place and as usual the only instrument was the machete which here was like a short and wide-bladed sword and the difficulty of procuring indians to work was greater than at any other place we had visited it was the season of planting corn and the indians under the immediate pressure of famine were all busy with their milpas the price of an indian's labor was eighteen cents per day but the alcalde who had the direction of this branch of the business would not let me advance to more than twenty-five cents and the most he would engage to send me was from four to six a day they would not sleep at the ruins came late and went away early sometimes only two or three appeared and the same men rarely came twice so that during our stay we had all the indians of the village in rotation this increased very much our labor as it made it necessary to stand over them constantly to direct their work and just as one set began to understand precisely what we wanted we were obliged to teach the same to others and i may remark that their labor though nominally cheap was dear in reference to the work done at that time i expected to return to palenque whether i shall do so now or not is uncertain but i am anxious that it should be understood that the accounts which have been published of the immense labor and expense of exploring these ruins which as i before remarked made it almost seem presumptuous for me to undertake it with my own resources are exaggerated and untrue being on the ground at the commencement of the dry season with eight or ten young pioneers having a spirit of enterprise equal to their bone and muscle in less than six months the whole of these ruins could be laid bare any man who has ever cleared a hundred acres of land is competent to undertake it and the time and money spent by one of our young men in a winter in paris would determine beyond all peradventure whether the city ever did cover the immense extent which some have supposed but to return under the escort of our guide we had a fatiguing but most interesting day 
what we saw does not need any exaggeration it awakened admiration and astonishment in the afternoon came on the regular storm we had distributed our beds however along the corridors under cover of the outer wall and were better protected but suffered terribly from mosquitoes the noise and stings of which drove away sleep in the middle of the night i took up my mat to escape from these murderers of rest the rain had ceased and the moon breaking through the heavy clouds with a misty face lighted up the ruined corridor i climbed over a mound of stones at one end where the wall had fallen and stumbled along outside the palace entered a lateral building near the foot of the tower groped in the dark along a long low passage and spread my mat before a low doorway at the extreme end bats were flying and whizzing through the passage noisy and sinister but the ugly creatures drove away mosquitoes the dampness of the passage was cooling and refreshing and with some twinging apprehensions of the snakes and reptiles lizards and scorpions which infest the ruins i fell asleep End of section 20